Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system. And give us a five-star rating for the Week 16. Unbelievable, Mike. Week 16 recap in the NFL this season has gone by in an absolute blur. Yeah, uh, super fast, like I used to be in high school. You get to the corner, and you know you got the defense beat, and you're just going to run past all of them. Oh, wait, that wasn't what In I your mean. dreams, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're back talking football. Yeah, folks, we know we haven't been around in a little bit. We missed last week. It was the holidays. We had, you know, COVID scares and personal issues, and get off our back, all right? Stop atting us. We get it. You want to hear from us. We want to, you know, give you our, we wanna, yeah, oh yeah, our deep wisdom and thoughts. So here we are, week sixteen, Dave. But first of all, let's look out for uh, some Twitter polls we're going to put out tomorrow uh, on Wednesday of this week um, about the uh, NFL, and specifically um, one that'll go up is about the NFC quarterbacks and the and the baked in stress and um, pressure that are on these quarterbacks, especially uh, the ones that are leading the division and heading into the playoffs with Tom Brady, uh, you know, and Rodgers, uh, Stafford, and all his interceptions. All those guys have their own kind of different um, reasons to feel uh, extended playoff pressure and who needs to perform for their legacy and who needs to perform for, uh, you know, their team's uh, overall well-being well-being and all those things so uh, we'll get to that poll and probably a couple others out this week on all our our social platforms but Dave let's just hit on a couple of games and then break down some of the playoff scenarios as there's two weeks left in the regular season um, what game you want to hit on first uh, remember we had a game all the way back on Thursday the 23rd of December in which the Titans beat the Niners 20 to 17 um titans just out there uh just getting it done i mean you just don't pay attention to them ever uh they're winning with guys you never heard of Tannehill's playing you know just above average which he always has uh they're running backs you've never heard of um but derrick henry's looming folks Uh, we heard i heard today anyway buddy that he's coming back for week 18 and knock the rust off a little bit and they're going to be scary in the playoffs, and they're going to get A.J. Brown back as well. Yeah, yeah, A.J. Brown was back in this game, Mike, he and was. it made a huge, huge difference. Uh, you know, 11 catches, over 100 yards. Uh, it took a little bit for him and Tannehill to get their uh, cohesiveness down, but once they did, he's – I mean, and he's great. He's, you know, he's – I don't want to say he's not spectacular, but when he is on, he's definitely one of the better receivers in the league. Uh, The Titans have certainly missed him. He's been out multiple times this year. Uh, Julio Jones has been out. Offensively, they just have not been uh, together for a good part of the year, yet they still sit at 10-5, and Mike, and are, you know, leading their division. And as you said, you know, one more week, and then you're going to get Derrick Henry in there and see what the heck he can do. Um, and that will be week 18 against uh, a downtrodden 
Houston Texans team. Yeah. Uh, so you could imagine that that could get ugly. Um, but the Titans are right there. Uh, what impressed me most in this game, Mike, uh, very quickly was a lot of penalties on the Titans and put them in third and 10 or worse most of the night. Mm-hmm. They just continued to convert on those plays. It was just amazing. Uh, they had, I think, three of them on one drive. Right. And, you know, the announcers just kept saying, hey, you know, you, you can't keep getting in these first and 15, first and 20. And they kept doing it and kept converting on the third downs. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for the 49ers, certainly a game they could have won. Um Garoppolo had some really bad the the miss to use check out in the oh. flat uh, should have been a touchdown yep. and just overthrows him uh, wide open nobody near him you know could still could still be running at this point um, so that was rough for the 49ers but yeah the Titans move on yeah uh, Niners reveal after the game that Garoppolo did hurt his finger similar to the Russell Wilson injury and we're probably gonna see. Um, What's it? Trey Lance. Trey Lance. I wanted to say Lance Thomas for some reason, um, but Trey Lance. We're going to see him this week and and maybe going forward. Um, and it's this game and a couple of games earlier in the season that will end Garoppolo's career in San Francisco. He'll end up with another job somewhere. But uh, yeah, um, good on maybe the Titans. In, maybe in Denver, Mike. Could watch be. for him in Denver. I could see that happening very easily. Uh. Well, we'll talk about that another time. I sure. don't know why they would give get rid of Bridgewater to bring in another uh, type of same quarterback unless they're going to bring yeah. in – if they're going to draft someone young with a lot of upside, then I get it. But otherwise, stick with Bridgewater. But Yeah, um, that's fair. Christmas Day, two really good games as well, Dave. Uh, first, uh, the Packers versus your Cleveland Browns. And – um, the mascot was doing mascot things, buddy, uh, up and down the field. <laughs> Not pretty uh, for Baker Mayfield. And, uh, you know, he was 21 for 36, 222 yards, two touchdowns, four, count them, four interceptions. And yeah, three of them in the first half alone. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, wasted a great effort by Nick Chubb with 17 rushes for 126 oh. yards. Oh, he was just, Mike, he's hand the ball off to him. The line is really playing well for the Browns. Right. But, boy, he was, they just shredded the Packers' uh, run defense. And Chubb was, like you said, right there in the front of it. Yeah, absolutely. And on the other side, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers had another very good game. Broke another record, the all-time touchdowns for the Green Bay Packers. They got a little video message from your boy Brett Favre, who uh, just retired again. Um, And he, uh, (laughs) you know, said at the end of his message, you know, go out and, you know, win Super Bowl now. And uh, Aaron Andrews asked him after the game, you know, does that, you know, what does that mean when you hear that? And, you know, Rodgers did the politically correct um, you know, of course, that's our goal, and that's what we're trying to do. And uh, you know, uh, it's been the goal since day one. But under his breath, he had to be cursing Favre out for putting that pressure on him. Dave, did oh, you no notice uh, just something sneaky? So they had uh, Andrew, Aaron Andrews and Aaron Rodgers do the post-game interview six feet apart with this boom mic in between them. And then as the camera's cutting away, 
they crossed paths and shared a hug, neither one of them wearing masks. And it was like, why did you go through the facade of your, you know, uh, six foot apart interview if you were going to just do a do a quick super spreader hug there in the middle? But yeah, I digress. Yeah, I, I digress. I, yeah, that cameraman may not have a job anymore. Yeah, and, or the uh, director that caught that shot and didn't get out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. The only thing I would say in this game, uh, the fourth interception by Baker Mayfield. Uh, should have been a pass interference down there. Uh, the receiver, okay. literally, uh, the defender had his hands on the receiver the entire route um, and then actually pushes him away to get the inter interception. No flag, nothing. The Browns were moving the ball down the field, uh, almost in position for a field goal at that point. And so that's sad. It, it just continues uh, what has been a theme for at least 30 years. Three or, <laughs> I mean, at least, you know, it feels like really in earnest, you know, maybe the last three, four, five years of yes. how awful the officiating in the NFL has been. Uh, well, well, then let's move define on what a catch and interference is more. You know, I think yep. when you leave it up into interpretation, then this is what you're going to get. But I agree. Let's move on. Colts and Cardinals, I bring this game up because the Colts are just playing outstanding football, uh, increased to 22 or uh, to 9 and 6 as they win 22 to 16. Uh ride, ride Jonathan Taylor for another 27 rushes, 108 yards. Didn't score a touchdown, but that's fine. Uh really just dominated the Cardinals uh on all of these uh offensive line uh plays and are just running the ball like crazy against whoever they play against. And uh, the Cardinals for three, <clears throat> three weeks in a row now, Dave, have not looked good and dropped to 10 and five. I remember they were 10 and two coming out of their break and um, not exactly ramped up and ready for playoff football. So, uh, Nope. And they had a similar slide last year. If you remember the, you know, the Kyler Murray play against the Bills five in a row, right? Yeah, and then they lost like their last five games or whatever after that. So this is a team, unfortunately, young and unfortunately <clears throat> doesn't seem to have learned from last year at all. Uh, and folks, if you haven't seen this, uh, the safety that occurred in the second quarter uh, for the Colts, you are not going to see a worse snap from a center. Uh, the <laughs> ball fair. barely gets off the ground. It's, you know, your 22 uh, Texas League hopper there to the shortstop. Right. And, you know, Kyler Murray is so lucky that that ball didn't hit and pop way up in the air like we've seen umpteen times. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he was able to field the, the 22 hopper, uh, then runs in the end zone and, and tries to throw it away uh, feebly. And, of course, intentional grounding in the end zone is a safety. But His back was to the line of scrimmage and flips it yes. over his shoulder. Yeah, it was bad. If, if you want to see how not to snap the ball, go and watch that highlight. That's fair. That's fair. So there's, <laughs> there's two teams that are heading in opposite directions as the playoffs oh, approach. And while the Cardinals will probably make it, um, I thought this was a good yes they, they've clinched a playoff berth. they did clinch okay yes i yes, knew we were going to some get of the that. results of as results of the other games of the of the week yeah uh real quick dave let's we got to talk about joe burrow and uh him putting up monster numbers against oh, the baltimore goodness. ravens uh speaking of 50 burgers he went 37 for 46 <laughs> for 525 yards uh and four touchdowns 
uh, for the Bengals in a 41-21 drubbing of admittedly a JV team for the Ravens. You know, uh, so many uh, COVID protocol issues there and injuries uh, that uh, they were lucky to even field the team. So it wasn't, uh, you know, your representative Ravens team, but still... Uh, I mean, they had uh, Joe Johnson playing, Josh Johnson playing quarterback. Josh Johnson, yeah. His 14th NFL team he's played for now. Um, and oh, started, my gosh. And, uh, you know, he's 20, 28 for 40 for 304 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Um, but just bad all the way around for the Ravens. They need Lamar back. They need some linemen back. Uh, they need some defense back. All four of their secondary starters are out and have been out. Um, you know, this Ravens team is in deep, deep trouble uh, to even make the playoffs, and we'll get to that, let alone do anything uh, once we get there. But uh, Burrow uh, lit it up and uh, had a great game there, Dave. Yep. Uh, ties, or not ties, uh, puts him in the f- spot with the fourth most yards in the history of the National Football League at 525. Uh, the Bengals really, really looked good. Again, you do have to take it with a grain of salt with how many injuries the Bengals have had or the Ravens have had. Uh, but, you know, this is the Joe Burrow that we saw um, before he got hurt last year and why right. there was such, you know, unhappiness and dismay that, you know, the the top pick had gone down. And now he's really started to pick it up. The Bengals, Mike, are nine and six uh, and leading uh, their division there in the AFC North um, and are on track uh, controlling their own destiny, Mike, to yeah. uh, to win out. So that's uh, extremely exciting for the Bengals. Uh, certainly a team that has struggled mightily over uh, its team history. Um, and the Ravens, like you say, are in trouble, and they need Lamar Jackson back. Last I had heard, he's still not confirmed that he's going to be available mm-hmm. for this weekend. Uh, so the Ravens are in a tough spot, and you know, kudos to them. They're 8-7, and seven and they have battled so many injuries, so many COVID things. Sure. The fact that they're even in the playoff race is uh, a testament to their character. Sure, absolutely. Uh, a testament to their character could also describe uh, the Chargers losing to the Texans, Dave, 41-29. Oh. to 29. And I only bring that up because the Chargers had the same situation COVID-wise. Everybody's out. Everybody's hurt. Um, you know, Austin Eckler was out there starting running back, uh, who is just such a, a dynamic presence. And uh, half, if not three-quarters, of their starting defense was out. Uh, and the Texans took it to them, uh, 41-29. Good for, you know, David Colley, the coach, probably his only season being the head coach in the NFL. Uh, I would imagine next year they will have a bright young quarterback back there and a whole new coaching staff, but we'll see um, in the offseason. So Deshaun Watson is a bright young quarterback? No, I don't think he'll ever play. <laughs> oh, I don't think he'll ever play for that. All in jest. Uh, Purely in jest. Uh, yes. Justin Herbert, though, did not have a great game. And uh, this Chargers team uh, picked the wrong time to get sick and to get hurt, like so many other teams in the NFL. Uh, I would have loved to have seen what they can do if they had stayed healthy. Not to say that they're, you know, totally out of it. Again, also at 8-7 and, and in that uh, 
pocket of being ready for the playoffs, but not ready on the field. So uh, embarrassing to lose to the Texans, though, by them, buddy. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, certainly one of the shocker scores of the of the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, considering how bad the Texans have be, have been and how good the Chargers have looked. Yeah, it, it's a sad state of affairs. I'm with you, Mike. Uh, the Chargers way better than their eight and seven record. And again, a lot like the Ravens, uh, very, very similar situations. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, it's disappointing, but, you know, the teams it's have the to fight through in. it. Yeah. And yeah, so. What else? Uh, uh, I mean, the Cowgirls yeah, put a 50 else? burger on the oh. Washington football team. The Washington football team had a Donnie Brook on the sidelines there between uh, to Alabama, you know, teammates that are on the uh, Washington football team and, you know, pointing, putting the finger in the forehead and swinging the helmet and all that good stuff. Um, and, you know, super efficient win by the Cowgirls who really haven't been challenged all season, uh, especially in the division. So I uh, just wanted to bring that up that uh, we did notice the fight on the sidelines. <laughs> oh, yeah, yep. And Dallas at 56, their most points in a game since week six of 1980. And you wow. think about the number of great offensive wow. teams they've had since then. Of course, you know, they got 52 in the Super Bowl against the Bills, um, which we don't really want to get into. But no, 56 for the Cowboys as far as that goes. Uh, the Monday night game, Mike, Oof. was 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 brutally awful to watch unwatchable um yeah literally unwatchable uh the thing you get out of this is the dolphins become the first team in nfl history to have a seven game losing streak and a seven game winning streak in the same season i'm not sure that you want that stat but what that has done is put the dolphins at eight and seven uh with an outside chance mike to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Tua just continues to not impress me, but Jalen Waddell, uh, definitely uh, a bright star in their offensive future. Uh, I don't know. I can't tell if I'm a fan of his little Waddle penguin dance or not yet. I mean, it's funny because it's, you know, yeah, funny it's going to get, yeah. But it's going to get old quickly. I think that's what you were just about to say. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, Mike, the Giants? Yeah, not good. Dave, um, not 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 good at all. Not uh, good at all. The Jake Fromm era began and end as quickly <laughs> as it began in the uh, first half of this game, where oh. um, he threw uh, seventeen. No, he threw six for seventeen for twenty-five lousy yards. Dave, twenty-five. Ouch. Uh, Saquon Barkley, they gave him fifteen carries. Uh, he only had thirty-two yards. Couldn't make anybody miss. Uh, was getting hit, you know, as he was getting the football pretty much uh, all day. Uh, they had um, the backup, backup right tackle get hurt early. Uh, so they literally had guys off the street playing offensive line. Uh, but what I guess I'm really most disappointed on, and you hit on this when we were texting, is that uh, this team quit uh, on Joe Judge. Uh, and, oh, yeah. and uh, that's not anything that's healthy uh, for his future employment. Um, 
and Gettleman Future Employment. I mean, Gettleman came in with the, you know, we're going to solve everything. We're going to start up front with the big hog mollies, and we're going to dominate the line. And he's made huge improvements on the defensive line. But offensively, uh, it's been two or three steps back at least. Uh, I understand, you know, they're rolling out there with uh, the third-string quarterback, and they brought Mike Glendon in for the second half. Uh and he long necked it down there for 17 for 27 yards and 90 or nine, 17 for 27, 93 yards 93 and a guys. touchdown. Um, I, I don't see how you could put Fromm back out there. I, I don't, uh, I feel bad for the kid. You know, he was on your Buffalo Bills all last season and this season. He was the one they had sitting in a uh, hotel room right last year. Yeah, yeah, he was the COVID, COVID quarterback last right. year. Yep, yep. If they had had issues, they could have brought him in. Uh, they never did, uh, right. thank goodness. But yeah, right. So they had, you know, a year and a half to work on him. He had three weeks to learn this playbook, and it looked like it, buddy. It was bad, bad, bad. <laughs> um, super disappointing. Uh, you know, I continue to be way down on Galladay. Uh, Kadarius Tony, you know, doesn't want to go forward. He wants to go sideways and backwards. <laughs> backwards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you asked me why he keeps going backwards, and I said because he thinks he's Barry Sanders. Um, <laughs> if they could ever harness all that energy and get him, you know, moving in the right direction, he could be a weapon. But it doesn't matter. Unless his line gets figured out, um, it's not a good thing. So if they like Joe Judge as a coach, as the players do, they need to show up these last two weeks and really play hard for him no matter what the scoreboard says. Um, I'm very disappointed in their effort. You know, they lose, they lose. We understand all, all the, the situations around them. But uh, to give up like they did uh, is really disappointing against a division rival who uh, I think is way overrated, even though, you know, nobody thinks they're going to make a run in the playoffs. You know, they are in the playoffs right now. Uh, their offensive weapons uh, don't scare me at all, especially with Miles Sanders being out. Uh, Jalen Hurts cannot be the future at quarterback, in my opinion, but um, this is not about the Eagles. This was about a terrible Giants team with a ter oh, terrible oh. effort. It was sickening. Uh, I'm sick of apologizing for them. I'm sick of uh, deciding which of my many T-shirts and hoodies to put on um, <laughs> and then try to cover up with a winter coat so no one sees them. It's just bad, buddy. Um, I, I can't do uh, it. I can't do it. Yeah, I, I can't do yeah. it. I will watch I, the I, last two games, but out of more yeah, curiosity. And I, yeah, and I shouldn't laugh because, no, you know, right. We've, we've talked about them all year, and, and this was really the first game where you saw no effort um, and really just, you know, just watching the Eagles just storm through them. Right. Uh, and the Eagles are, like you said, just not a good enough team that they should do that. The Giants are better definitely on the defensive side. Yep. Uh, so that was very, very disappointing. What is going to be interesting for the Giants if they decide to go with a new GM, um does the new GM on a new coach do the Maras say, do, yeah. right, we're, we're staying with Joe judge. And does that create an adversarial relationship right out of the gate? So uh, ownership right. for the giants is going to have to be very clear when they start looking at general managers, if that's the road they go down and they want to keep Joe judge, they're going to have to make that very clear early on. Right. So we'll wait and see. There will be a lot 
a lot of things that the New York Giants uh, will have to look at in the offseason. Uh, no two ways around that. Um, Mike, on the, on the flip side, though, yep. uh, the Buffalo Bills played um, about as close to a complete game as they have in some time, yeah. uh, which was, uh, for us Bills fans, very exciting. Uh and especially against the Patriots, and now the Bills uh, winning this game 33-21, have won two years in a row in New England, and no team has done that since 2005. Oh, wow. Uh, so That's a good stat. Kudos, kudos to the Bills. Uh, the game felt like it was going to get out of hand uh, a couple of times, and New England put together these long 13, 15 play drives with all these runs and yep. some short passes uh, to keep them in it. Um, but Buffalo came back and did the same thing. Um, and really, you know, the difference in the game is the tipped interception early on that the Bills turned into points. Yep. Uh, you know, um, but they played. Uh, I would have liked to have seen the defense play better. They, they continue to show that teams can uh, ram the ball down their throat running. Um, and when you start to look at some of the teams that are in the playoffs, that is concerning, uh, certainly. Um, I thought the defense was solid, but just couldn't make you know, the, the tackle or the play to stop any of those drives. Uh, a couple penalties mixed in there made it difficult. Uh, but Josh Allen, definitely the story in this game, uh, leading a couple of drives uh, there in the fourth quarter, uh, conversions on fourth down, and Sean McDermott uh, throwing caution to the wind and going for it on three of four fourth downs and yep. converting them, going for it four times, converting three times. Uh you know, Josh Allen finding Stefan Diggs for one, another one. You know, he's running and shovel passes it. That was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. That one was was nice. He did, uh, on that same drive, a, a short shovel pass to Dawson Knox in the end zone. Um, so Josh Allen, 30 of 47, 314 yards, three touchdowns. The big part, no interceptions. Uh, that has been huge, uh, as is with anybody and any team not turning the ball over. Right. Uh he was their leading rusher. I, I wasn't crazy about the number of designed Josh Allen runs. I'm okay with the ad lib Josh Allen runs, of which he had several mm -hmm. that were just backbreaking uh, for the Patriots. But all in all, 28 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown for the Bills overall. Devin Singletary had some nice runs. Zach Moss had a couple nice runs. Uh, so... If you're going to get 114 yards on 28 carries, uh, I think the Bills will take that. And the other piece, Mike, was Isaiah McKenzie. And right. he's a good he's a good receiver. He hasn't played much. He's been benched from his return game after a fumble. Uh, he steps in with Cole Beasley out with COVID and 11 catches on 12 targets, mm -hmm. like 125 yards and a touchdown. The guy was all over the field. Mm -hmm. New England couldn't cover him, couldn't stop him. Uh, and it was just amazing to watch. Does that performance and his potential 
uh, end the need for Cole Be- Beasley going forward. Next, not this year, obviously, but next season. You think? Is that yeah, something I mean, that will be think, discussed? Uh, I think you have to wait and see. I don't remember how many years they signed Beasley for. If I had to guess, it would be three, which would mean he'd have another year. Right. Uh, and you know. Isaiah McKenzie, you almost could have switched numbers and said that was Cole Beasley. He he had a lot of these same catches. I think the difference for McKenzie is he's a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit bigger. Can, yeah, yeah, can get away and, and get some separation uh, on some of these plays. But from a Bills perspective, I would just say, uh, you know, th- it was great to have him step up um, in this game and for Josh Allen to say, Hey, I'm going to throw it at you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't like he's just out there and, um, no, he's saying, I trust you. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I I thought that was really good. Um, and it's the Patriots, you know, so, uh, Mac Jones was not great. Uh, I think what the the sneaky story going backwards is the last three or four games. He hasn't been good. You know, yes, yeah. he's a rookie, and you're going to hit a wall and all that stuff. You know, obviously, the the game you were at, you know, the wind was a huge factor. And you can't say he didn't play well or either way because they threw the ball three times. But he has not played well uh, the last uh, handful of games, you know, for these Patriots. And um, it, I'm glad to see once they beat you guys a couple weeks ago that did not uh, – end the narrative for the season for both teams um the bills you've bounced back and um you know manned up and uh, again are right at the top of the list in the afc behind the the chiefs you know if you said that at the beginning of the season chiefs and bills are the teams to contend with everyone would say yeah that's right and that's where we are after 16 weeks it's been a little tumultuous getting there you know more than you would like i'm sure Um, Oh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, they're in great shape. Uh, My favorite touchdown celebration by uh, Stefan Diggs. He scores to end the first half, and they're in, you know, Boston, and he points uh, to Patriots fans, and he goes, you, and you, and you, and you. Suck lemons. Except he didn't say lemons. He said suck. No, uh, no, he did not. Family show. But it was great. He just, like, pointed them all out, got their attention, and – told him what he thought of him and I, I thought that was pretty funny um you know especially coming from Diggs who is a very emotional player uh mild-mannered and quiet off the field but very emotional on the field so uh that was fun great win for the Bills you got anything else you want to add to this game before we move uh, on nope, to you nope I nope I think that that does it Mike I know we want to do a a real deep dive here Oh my goodness! Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop this right here. Okay. Uh, I, I just was going into uh, the NFL app. Uh, I'm sorry, the ESPN app to look at some NFL stuff, folks. John Madden has died at the no. age of 85. Um, if any anybody who knows football knows about John Madden, uh, I did. I was just thinking about this before we came on, Mike. I did not watch the special on Madden that was on on Christmas Day. I have DVR'd uh, it. Now I'm going to have to watch it tomorrow. Uh, I, I'm sure it's there. Um, I'm but sure it, 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 go, it, go, yeah, it, it goes without saying. I just, you know, normally stuff doesn't 
doesn't get me. But John Madden, an absolute football icon. Yes. Uh, folks, coach of the Oakland Raiders, won a Super Bowl, retired early, and is most famously known uh, for all of his broadcasting years uh, with him and Pat Summerall on CBS, uh, covering the NFC. Uh, covering Super Bowls, doing Thanksgiving, introducing the world to the turducken, nice. uh, the Madden football game that continues on and is and is you know the standard bearer right. for any uh, football video game uh, named after John Madden. Uh, this is a sad day, so folks, you're going to see a lot of tribute stuff the next couple of days uh, as far as John Madden goes. Uh, like him or dislike him, I went back and forth uh, over my time, uh, mm-hmm. liking him, not liking him, but his persona and his personality uh, larger than life and uh, very, very sad to see. Mike, I- I'll leave some space for you to, to add anything. Uh, you know, you said that very well, Dave, uh, especially off the cuff like that. Um, you know, I'll just always remember uh, the things giving day games and and uh the turducken like you said and getting these big old uh football players that just played 60 minutes of football sweating and blood and they got them in there eating turkey legs and mushing stuffing down their throats and stuff and uh he was the uh inventor of um words that didn't really mean anything you know the, you get over here and you get a whap and then you get a boom and then you get a kick out and it's a touchdown you know and uh he was very much the opposite of Howard Cosell, uh, and yeah. I found that to be refreshing. Howard Cosell was very serious and uh, very, you know, intellectual, smug, and superior. Madden was the complete opposite of that, and um, it was his natural um, demeanor, and it just was great to see. Um, loved on and off the field, and so a big loss for uh, any NFL fan and. Um, NFL in general going forward and that's not even to mention the impact he had on video games and lending his uh, name and voice to EA Sports an unheard of company uh, to make you know probably the most innovative games of the time when they were invented Um, so again well said big big loss and we'll probably see the NFL name some kind of trophy or uh, something after you know John Madden uh, and and rightfully so, but let's let's transition as much as we can, Dave, into the playoffs. And I don't know, do you want to start in the AFC or the NFC? Um, oh, let's let's start in the NFC, Mike. Okay. I, I think the NFC is uh, a little bit easier to kind of go through. It's uh, a little a less little, muddled. Yeah, a little less muddled. Uh, so right now, uh, you have, of course, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers at twelve and three. Uh, in the number one slot there, uh, Mike, and if they win out uh, home versus Minnesota this week and at Detroit, uh, there's no reason to think they won't win both of those games. Yep. Uh, finish at 14-3, and three, they would have home field uh, throughout the playoffs, uh, and that seems very, very likely, Mike. I, I would be shocked. I know Minnesota uh, sits in the eighth spot and still has – uh, the potential there, but I, I really just think Green Bay is just that much better. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, been in charge of this division since day one, and 
you know, shockingly, the Vikings are around 500. I mean, it happens every year, uh, happens again this year. Uh, the other three division leaders are all at 11 and four with two games to play. And so I think, uh, the road to the Super Bowl will go through Green Bay again this year, and, and you know we'll see hopefully a weather game, not as how much weather as you saw in Buffalo, but enough weather where it just is going to look pretty awesome and people are going to make some um, special plays, but not so much where it changes the game where you can only run the ball. Um, but yeah, Green Bay um, relatively healthy going in. Uh, especially uh, on the defensive side and uh, in a spot where they could even rest some people. Uh, although we'll get into that debate when the season's over, whether you should rest uh, the last game of the year and have a bye um, hasn't exactly proven out to be uh, the right thing to do momentum-wise. So, um, No, no, it has not. Uh, so Dallas and Tampa... Both have clinched, so the Cowboys have clinched the NFC East. Uh, the Buccaneers have clinched the NFC South. Uh, and a shakeup game, Mike, this week, Dallas at home uh, versus the Cardinals, who at 10-5 and five sit in the 5 spot. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of those teams, in theory, uh, throwing out the tie, because we already had our tie this year, right. um, one of those teams is going to lose. Uh you know, whether that's Dallas, I would be shocked. Uh, certainly Arizona could play well uh, and win, but Dallas um, certainly in the driver's seat for the number two spot. They have tiebreaker wins over the Rams and Tampa based on win percentage in conference games where they, they are at nine and one uh, right now. Uh, the Rams eight and three and Tampa at seven and four. Mm -hmm. So Tampa's going to lose out regardless because Dallas can only lose three games uh, as far as that goes. So Dallas uh, controls their own destiny for that number two spot. Um, and the Rams uh, beat Tampa earlier this year. So they hold the tiebreaker. So as it looks right now, you know, if the team, if those four win out, Mike, it's very likely you'll see Green Bay, Dallas, the Rams, and the Buccaneers. One, two, three, four. Right. Um, I think um, it's tiered off where I would say Green Bay and Tampa, though, are the best two teams um, of those four. And then Dallas and the Rams uh, are also Rams. And we've also talked about, you know, the, Ram the Rams having um, – a lot of questions health-wise and a lot of questions at quarterback Stafford playing in a big game and and uh, not being able to lean on some of the experience that obviously Brady and Rodgers have. Uh, but Dak Prescott's in the same way. You know, he uh, has been around long enough where he knows what he's doing, obviously, and they have great weapons as well. Uh, their defense uh, has played way above uh, projected um, preseason um, stats, uh, especially, you know, digs on the back end, leading the league in interceptions and Micah Parsons probably going to get legitimate MVP votes, although he'll never, you know, win it. Um, but I think they're a tier below. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, what they do. The Cardinals, Dave, um, and we talked about it earlier, they've lost three in a row. 
definitely hurting. Uh, don't seem to be. Uh, don't seem to have a plan on offense when I watch them. You know, uh, are we running the ball to set up the pass? Are we passing to set up the run? Is Kyler Murray um, durable enough? There's a lot of questions. You know, Cliff Kingsbury as a coach, you know, is he's got you know a lack of experience and and seasoning there. Um, I, I'm not a big believer in this Cardinals team um, in the five seed or wherever it is they end up, which is probably where they'll end up. It looks like. Um, yeah. I'd rather play them than the next team down, uh, and that's the Niners, buddy. Uh, the Niners, with all their offensive weapons healthy, um, whether it be Garoppolo or the other kid, uh, Trey Lance, at quarterback, um, you know, Debo Samuel is a weapon that is unlike pretty much anyone in the league. He could play running back, wide receiver at any of the three positions. So um, I like the Niners going into the season, so I'm going to – put them you know with an even better chance uh at eight and seven and that last spot dude i think it's wide open um you want to go over that a little bit we got eagles at eight and seven vikings falcons saints at seven and eight the falcons are still alive buddy yeah they are and they own the tiebreaker over new orleans based on head-to-head victory so uh that makes that interesting uh minnesota tiebreaker over Atlanta uh so let's see did a division tiebreaker was interesting wins tiebreaker and they Minnesota wins the tiebreaker over New Orleans as well so it's really just going to come down to games uh we mentioned Minnesota at Green Bay and then they are home for Chicago uh as far as that goes uh Philadelphia at the Washington football team, and then home for Dallas. Uh, so really depending on where Dallas, what happens uh, as far as that goes. Uh, Eagles, Vikings, Falcons, and the Saints are have home for Carolina and then at Atlanta. So uh, Saints and Falcons probably going to knock each other off there uh as far as that goes. so they play in week 18 they play they play in week 18 could be a play-in game if other things break um i guess yeah. ultimately what i want to ask you dave is do you believe that the eagles can hold down that seventh and final spot or are one of these other three teams gonna uh pop up and and take it from them well i think their chance to win for the eagles is this week at washington uh Washington not eliminated from playoff contention, but at six and nine, uh, not a great team. That's a game that that the Eagles should win. Mm-hmm. And getting to nine wins, I, I I feel like because these other teams are a game behind them, that's that's going to lock it up for them. Okay. And then they won't have to worry as much uh, on that final week playing ho- at home against Dallas because they're already going to be locked into a playoff spot. And uh, D- Dallas will probably not play a bunch of people um, because they're so locked into where they are um, in the two spot. So very interesting. So, yeah. yeah, So that's how I see that Uh, Atlanta and new Orleans uh, and Minnesota, they're all just very, very flawed teams. We've been talking about them all year. Uh, Some good, some bad. We know new Orleans on their fourth quarterback and many, many injuries on the offensive line. Um, but they're just they're just not playoff caliber teams, 
and they've beaten up on these other bad teams, uh, certainly with the Lions with 12 losses and the Bears with 10 losses. Um, Boy, yeah, that back just, end of the NFC gets real weak in a hurry. Cardinals struggling, yeah. Niners underachieving most of the season and hurt. Eagles uh, uh, do not respect them at all as a playoff team. Vikings, Falcons, Saints, all under 500 and perennial, um, you know, also Rams, you know, I guess lately also Rams. If you take that Saints team from Sunday night and tell me they make the playoffs, um, I've really got to question my fandom as in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely. It was bad. So, uh, well, and one other thing, Mike, to consider as I look at this, and I, I'm surprised I didn't pick up on this, but here it is. Uh, if the Eagles home for Dallas week 18 uh, and they're locked into the seven spot, what are either of those teams going to do? And Dallas is locked into the two because then they would play the following week um, um, in Dallas. Um, so it's very likely that those teams, if they are locked into those spots, you would see the backups, I think, playing uh, sure. at least the most of the second half. Uh, as far as that goes to rest. And that is a divisional heavy rivalry game. So that would be amped up. Those teams well, would be doing anything they could. Do you, what the Eagles did to the Giants last year, but Doug Peterson isn't the coach anymore. Um, and benching hurts in the second half and costing yeah. uh, the Giants a potential playoff berth. But I'm not bitter about that at all, buddy. Um, no, no, of course not. No, that's why I didn't bring it up. Um, yeah. So, yeah, NFC, I think, is very top-heavy. Uh, I think the Packers uh, and the Buccaneers can beat anybody. Uh, I think I give the Cowboys and the Rams a very good chance against most teams. And then the rest of them, I just you know just don't see them making a deep run. So I think it's very top-heavy there in the NFC. Uh, yep. What about your AFC, buddy? Oh, It's AFC. so refreshing to see the Bills up there you know, back in the division lead. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see them, you know, better than the four spot. You know, the two games, <clears throat> excuse me, the two games that really stick out for me, uh, the loss to the Titans and the loss to the Jaguars. Jaguars uh, you can certainly certainly talk about the Tampa loss, but I'm going to take those two uh, as games that they should have won. Um, you know, and then you look at that and they're, they're, they would be 11 and four. And in the number one spot because they beat the Chiefs this earlier right. this year. Right. Um, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Um, regardless, huge win against New England gets them into the top four spots. They control their own destiny, Mike. Uh, home games versus the Falcons and Jets that are both winnable. They should win. That gets them a home. They have to be heavy favorites, I would think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And would get them a home playoff game, uh, which would be interesting because if it – as it holds right now, uh, the Colts are the five. And as we know, the Bills and Colts played uh, in the opening round last year uh, in Buffalo. So, and, I, you know. The Bills the, the Colts are 14 and a half point favorite this week against the Falcons, who were a fringe playoff team in the NFC. Yeah, wow. yeah. So there's that. Uh, we mentioned the Titans playing well. Uh, and getting healthier. And getting healthier in the two spot at 10 and 5. Uh, right now, looking good. Uh, the Bengals uh, are in the three spot. 
uh, at nine and six and hold. And this is where Buffalo struggles because all of their losses uh, in the conference, uh, five of their six losses in the AFC. So they lose the tiebreaker to the Bengals based on conference record. Uh, so Buffalo um, would have to finish ahead of the Bengals gotcha. uh, and not be tied with them to get into the third spot, uh, which I don't know they want to be in. Uh, the other piece, uh, you look at this as the Patriots there in the sixth spot at nine and six could, and I had texted this to you, uh, the Bills either in the four or five or the three, six could be hosting the Patriots in a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, you know, out there at Highmark Stadium. Uh, these are not good matchups uh, for the Bills. Uh, it's concerning to me that those could be the teams that they might play right. uh, in that first round. At least they would be at home, uh, but that's concerning. Uh, so Colts and Patriots tied at 9-6. and six. Uh, The Colts beat the Patriots earlier this year, so they hold the tiebreaker advantage. Uh, and then... The craziness begins, Mike, uh, for that seven spot. You have at eight and seven, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Raiders mm. still fighting and clinging to their playoff lives are the seven, seven and one Steelers, the seven and eight Browns and the seven and eight Denver Broncos. That is 13 teams, Mike, wow. and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them competing for that seventh spot and a joyous, wonderful potential matchup with the Titans and Derrick Henry right. uh, in the first round there. Boy, uh, would you imagine char a healthy Chargers versus Titans in week one, uh, wild card weekend? That would be something. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the thing. I think of all those teams, uh, the Chargers, I would think, have to be the the scariest of all of them if they're healthy. Right. Uh, the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger just do nothing for me. They just have these. And they happened again this last week, these entire halves where they just literally can't get out of their own way. Mm -hmm. uh, the Browns, uh, I certainly like their running game. Uh, I guess I would put the, well, if I look at the Ravens, if they have Lamar Jackson, they're probably number two amongst all of those in my mind then probably the dolphins or the browns uh probably the browns just yeah. because of playoff experience uh and being there last year winning a playoff game having that dominant running game i don't think you could say miami has any dominant anything on the offensive side of the no. ball um their defense is great uh and has played great but so has the browns so uh i don't know that's my take the raiders uh so hard to figure out. Um, Hunter Renfro's having a great year. Uh, the Broncos, I just don't think, are going to do anything. I, I kind of write them off. But that, that still leaves a lot of teams, Mike. It does. It's going to be uh, chaos these next two games. And, um, you know, we'll see all the charts, and especially the last week, of we need so-and-so to win and so-and-so to lose, you know, for – this team to make the playoffs and whatever it is, um, 
you know, it'll certainly be entertaining. I guess I would say, Dave, I do not want to see apologies to uh, super fan Tom Roach. I do not want to see the Steelers make the playoffs. It's just oh, no. uh, this team is so infuriating and frustrating and let Big Ben, you know, roll off into the sunset and uh, ride his rocking chair and let Mason Rudolph era begin in uh, earnest in in Pittsburgh. Um, the Raiders, I think, would be a fun story, I guess, but I just don't feel like they have remotely the talent uh, to get it done. Um, the Ravens, same thing, just don't have the talent right now health-wise, health um, especially on defense, to do anything serious. You know how I feel about uh, the Browns. I, I would like to see the Broncos, but uh, again, none of them making a deep uh, push into the playoffs. Whereas if the Chargers make it ahead of the Dolphins, I would say any one of those seven teams uh, would make a case for making a deep playoff run. You know, uh, Chiefs and Bills are probably the uh, cream of the crop of those seven. Um, and then, you know, Titans, Patriots, Colts right there in that middle group. Um, but all of them would none of them would surprise me really um whereas on the nfc it's just top heavy and that's it so uh not only will it be an interesting end of the season but amazing wild card and divisional weekends uh you know headed headed for our future here buddy yeah you know and and the interesting piece uh and great stuff there mike great stuff um looking at the chargers they have an uphill battle um, they lost to the Ravens this year. Uh, the Dolphins own the tiebreaker based on win percentage in common games. Okay. Um, as far as that goes. So the Chargers really have to finish ahead of those teams. Uh, and so for the Chargers, that means uh, wins at home versus Denver and at uh, the Raiders certainly uh, possible to do that. Uh, the Dolphins, I think, have the hardest schedule where they are at the Titans this week and then home for New England. Yeah. Uh, so you could see Miami lose both games. Uh, and then you look at Baltimore. Obviously, they have Baltimore has the Rams this week and then home for Pittsburgh. Uh, so Baltimore with two home games uh, as far as that goes. Uh, the Raiders at Indianapolis this week and then home for the Chargers. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Miami's going to have the tough, the toughest road uh, as far as all of those teams go, uh, trying to get there. Cleveland plays at Pittsburgh and then home for Cincinnati. Uh, I would say that's challenging. It will be Roethlisberger's last home game. This yeah. is Monday night football in Pittsburgh. Uh, doesn't mean that they can't win. Remember, they won. Oh, sure. uh, you know, they won there last year. Um, the Browns did, and so they certainly have that. Uh, but I think there's some, there's definitely some concern there. Uh, I would say that the Ravens have a hard schedule too. They're playing a Rams team that's battling. Uh, maybe not that last week because it'll be Roethlisberger's last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least they're at home. Yeah, um, just a lot of variables. And then, you know, what's been 
a wild card in all of this, buddy, is COVID and how COVID has yeah. decimated, you know, all of sports, but the NFL and NBA, those two in particular, uh, hockey too, just constantly, every day you're getting, you know, updates of so-and-so's on the COVID list, uh, entered COVID protocols, and it's been outrageous um, for all of these teams to have to deal with. So, as we get into championship um, football, who's going to be out because of that? That's the wild card that nobody can control. You can take all you know the health and safety uh, precautions that uh, are out there. You can be vaccinated, double vaccinated, triple vaccinated with the booster, got double dipped and chicken fried, whatever it is. Uh, don't matter because if COVID wants you, it's coming to get you. Uh, and it's going to put, uh, there's going to be a team that's in contention that is going to get hit hard at the very wrong time, unfortunately. Uh, I don't like predicting that, but it's just the reality of things. And, uh, you know, college football's in their bowl season. You wouldn't even know it, all these bowl games getting uh, canceled left and right because of COVID protocols. There was a game today that was like three hours from kickoff and they canceled. Um, it was just uh, just the way it was, you know. Um, so uh, as much as we're excited for the end of the year, uh, I would really, really be disappointed if we ended up with like, I don't know, Browns and Eagles Super Bowl because of COVID or something like that. That would be bad. Um, yeah, but. yeah. And so, you know, you say that and, you know, today Carson Wentz and enters the COVID protocols. Yeah. Uh, he's a player that's unvaccinated right now. They're saying if he can't go and they have changed some of the testing uh well some of the uh shortening guidelines, of quarantine yeah. and guidelines but uh sam ellinger would play the rookie from texas yeah. uh unless they brought somebody in or go with uh it says practice squad quarterback brett hunley uh Oof. maybe they call phil yeah. rivers huh. right right yeah so which has happened you know they the uh saints, saints were looking him. for calling him calling drew Brees. drew Brees sends a picture back of him on the golf course i yeah. guess that and kind of that conversation <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so yeah the the COVID is certainly way more than a moving target at this point yeah and absolutely can uh decimate any one of these teams or multiple of these teams yeah. uh and just who knows you know and yeah. you know some of the teams well all the teams have been affected one way or another but yeah like you say do we end up with uh just inferior teams uh in the playoffs because of of covid and you know it's not going to go away once the playoffs start either uh you know right that's my point right yeah and you know the i'm sure the nfl and all of these teams are drooling at the possibility of having full stadiums uh for playoff games and not looking at taking huge losses uh, like they did last year with playoff games and minimal to no fans. Uh, and that's just, look, this is COVID. We talk about the fan stuff. This is why we're here. We're doing a podcast to talk about sports, not diminishing in any way the impact that COVID is having on all of the folks out there. Um, but we're in the sports world, and so this right. is how it's going to impact the sports world. And it would be very difficult uh for those of us covering the NFL and those of you watching for fun and listening to us to have to see terrible 
football at a time when you want to see the best football. Right. right. Well said, Dave. Let's wrap it up with that, um, folks. Uh, we'll just pray that, you know, COVID is a none effect on on the NFL uh, at this most crucial time of the year. Uh, in the meantime, though, we'll be keeping an eye out on it. We'll be reporting uh, every chance we get. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram um, for all of your social media interactions. Feel free to shoot us a tweet. I know I joked earlier that uh, don't at me, but please at either one of us. Um, Absolutely. You know, and uh, at Think Tank Sports if you need it. Um, we would love to interact with you. We'll have polls out um, and lots of questions we asked today, lots of answers uh, as we go forward in this NFL season. In the meantime, here at Think Tank Sports, we strive for five. <laughs>